and welcome to the reaction. It's uh, reacting to Celtic's uh, victory at Dingwall this afternoon um, on Sunday, the 2nd of April. Uh, we defeated Ross County two goals to nil uh, in what was a, an interesting game. Um, we can talk about uh, certain aspects of it. There's a lot of aspects of it we don't necessarily want to talk about, but you know we'll, we'll cover it all on the reaction. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, as always, and I'm joined by Christopher Samani. Hello, Christopher. How are you? Uh, afternoon, Christopher. Uh, mighty relieved after that performance. Um, big three points. Um, I'll leave it at that because I'm sure we'll get into it. Lovely stuff. Uh, Lorenzo Pacitti's here as well. Hello, Lorenzo. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm already feeling I'm going to be on a slightly more optimistic fight than <laughs> the two of you today. But hey, listen, uh, you know, optimism's good. We're, we're all for optimism. Um, yeah, um, it, was a, it was a, you know, uh, this stage of the season... We're, we're just back from an international break. Um, you know, maybe we don't take into context or kind of thought, you know, where the players are physically and emotionally. Um, but, you know, let, let's get general thoughts. Uh, overall, I'll I'll give mine. Um, relieved to have those three points. It's one of those games where I don't think Celtic were really under that much pressure in regards to actual conceding shots on target. Um, had a lot of the ball. Um and again, we can talk about all this, but yeah, more relief than anything else. I'm not like, you know, overly scared or terrified or, you know, my my points of view of next week or anything hasn't changed in any way or form. I just think this was a bit of a, a, bit of a slog, um, ultimately. But let's talk about it. Lezo, you, you want to be positive? You give us some positivity, my friend. I would just say it's it's definitely one to take in a in a vacuum, the vacuum of Dingwall post international break. You know, like it was always maybe I had less expectations for the game, which is why I'm less um kind of relieved with the way about the way it went or less disappointed in the performance. I think I expected a nil nil first half. I thought it was gonna be a slog. I thought it's all about these games. We'll create the chances, we'll take thirty shots like we did. It's just you know, there's some days they don't put them away as easy and it and it starts to drag out, but a quality team like Celtic with a fit team like Celtic and depth in the bench, usually, you know, that pays dividends by halfway through the second half. So I was just kind of waiting for it to happen. I f- again, I feel quite relaxed watching an Ange team in the sense I know the shots will be there, the chances will be there. Um, and when we've got the quality we have up top, I do still have a lot of faith that they'll put at least one or two away. What it does do is it gives County a little bit too much hope and that creates these nervy moments in the second half. But I think in general, now that the eight minutes is done, whistle's blowing, like you say, it doesn't make me think. I don't have a single thought about next week off the back of this. You know, it's very much a, a game that's happened and it's done. And it wasn't the best watch, but I don't feel too much about it, really. Yeah, okay. great points. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on it? Um, a bit different from that. I mean, it's it wasn't so much... I mean, I, I, I would always back us to get a goal. I would always back us to kind of make that breakthrough. Um, for me, though, it was a slog. I think that's the best way to put it. I think looking at it in terms of some of the personnel who might be playing next week, you know, obviously in central midfield, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Hatati wasn't playing, Hatati wasn't on the bench. Mm-hmm. We're in a position where we were talking about having an embarrassment of riches in the midfield, and obviously we still do, but it's, you know, O'Reilly I don't think was particularly great today. Maida's performance was, wasn't was particularly good. So as much as I mean, that game could still have been four or five now. Yeah. Um, I just think our quality and possession at times wasn't particularly strong, wasn't particularly good enough. And I did have one eye on next week, I think. I'll admit that, and I think that others will be the same. More about who's going to maybe slot in um, if, you know, some of the players don't make their way through. So, yeah, I mean, by all manner, I mean, you know, it's not a disaster. And the points that made at the start about where we are in terms of the season and the frightening consistency we've got, I know that our expectations as a support are a wee bit unreasonable because of the run that we've been on and things like that. But when you're a week away from a game against them, you are thinking about us being at our sparkling best. And um, we weren't today, but three points. I think we deserved the three points, um, but not one for the... Not one for the, what's the word, the highlight reel? There we go. I thought you were going to say football purist. Both work. Yeah. So yeah. That, so that's neither, neither for the highlight reel nor the football purist. <laughs> yeah, it's funny though, because as soon as you both mentioned, like, 
next week i'm kind of like oh my entire well my brain has just been oh you're thinking about oh that's all you're thinking about now that's all you're thinking about now so um it's just kind of switched on um uh, regard, obviously, this, certain aspects of what happened in today's game will affect next week, and we'll certainly come on to that. Um, but the lineup, um, let's look at how Celtic lined up. We had uh, Joe Hart in goals, um, Anthony Johnson, uh, and I keep calling someone mentioned called him Anthony on one of the podcasts over the weekend. So, Alistair Johnson um, with Cameron Carter Vickers, uh, Starfield, and Taylor. So, I guess everyone would see that as our strongest back five. Um, Callum McGregor, Awata and Riley were in midfield with Kyogo up front, Maida and Jota either side of them. Uh, Lorenzo, you saw that lineup. Um, you know, actually, do you know what? I'll name the bench as well just because it kind of puts into context the, the people that are potentially, well, not potentially, but who are unavailable. Uh, Bain was in goals. Haksabanovic, Turnbull, Kobayashi, O, Bernabe, Summers, Welsh, Vata. Um, so those three players, obviously Welsh hasn't, you know, played a lot since, you know, the turn of the year. Summers and Vata, two young up-and-coming players. Lorenzo, when you saw that team, when you saw that squad, uh, your, your thoughts uh, for this game? Yeah, there's more players missing than maybe we've been used to uh, this season, but Iwata, you know, getting his moment, his, his starting chance uh, was exciting for me. Yeah. I think when you see, and again, the nature of the slog of today when Hatati's out of that team, that's a big fear, that's a big issue. Uh, but I thought the Iwata today was interesting because... You know, we've seen him come on as a sub usually in that kind of Cal McGregor-esque role. Today he's playing with McGregor. He's not going to ever displace McGregor. I don't know if there's a player in world football, given the context of Celtic, that would be coming in going, I'm going to displace Cal McGregor. So it's interesting where he sees himself and where he's going to fit in and where Ange sees him as a guy who could potentially work his way into starting 11. I think you saw them swap roles a couple of times during the game as well. Um, but for me, it's interesting to see him get 90 minutes and uh, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, um, Chris, you, when you saw that lineup, um, any worries, any concerns, or just happy to go with that? No, not at all. In terms of what we had available to us, um, you'd be very pleased with it. You know, the the front three is, you know, largely. I mean, you, you, we can have arguments about Haksapanovic and some of the other wide players, but you know, no complaints about that. In midfield, in terms of what we had available to us, you know. No problems at all in the back five is the back five. So no, the the starting lineup for me was was fine. Yeah, I'm. I agree. I was pretty confident. Um, Awata, we can talk about Awata because I I thought there was some real good stuff and I thought there was some real sloppy stuff as well. Um, but we can talk about that. But ultimately, you know, we we kind of kick off and. With these reactions, I tend to kind of take notes like consistently and constantly throughout the game. It's not that many. You know, this is a specifically in the first half. There's there's not a huge amount of opportunities created or chances created. We did start fairly sharp, uh, Lorenzo. What did you make of the start, the, the kind of start of the game, and how do you think Celtic kind of uh, fed their way into it? I think we started okay, um, at a decent kind of pace. I think the centre backs were carrying the ball quite high, which was good because again, Ross County, Malky Mackay team. You know, it's against eleven men. I thought Iwata had a kind of difficult. It's a difficult task for him to kind of jump into that starting 11 and be directing traffic in that McGregor role at the start against 11 men in Dingwall. You know, it's yeah. that's a weird role to have. It's not something he's been used to. We've seen him kind of at his best in wee patches coming on at Parkhead and having like a, a lot of room to play with and showing his, his class and his accuracy of passing. But uh, I thought he did okay. I thought everyone was... I, th- I genuinely thought the first half in the start was, it was good without being devastating. And there was a chance, you know, so early in the first minute and a different day... Um, I think it's Kyogo. If Kyogo makes it to that after that matter, really puts it across the face, then I think we go on and route County. But it's just, it, again, I felt like we started pretty well, um, but there was like a little bit of something missing, maybe. And again, that's the international break. That's uh, Malky Mackay playing against us, but it just felt like there was a little bit off. But in general, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Chris, how, starting the game, Celtic coming into it, what was your kind of takeaways from the first like, quarter of the game? Um, obviously, you know, you knew we'd, we'd have the lot, a lot of possession. You knew the way they would set up, they would be aggressive, they would have the men behind the ball. I just felt we were a wee bit workmanlike, to be perfectly honest. The the lack of spark there, I, I don't think that's a, a an unfair point Lorenzo makes. And you can definitely feed into, you know, from the international break in terms of that. Um, but that, that that is really what it was. There wasn't any of that kind of, you know, creativity. I mean... Not to kind of go on about 
how much of a Haksabanovich fan I am, but it, he, for me, was the one player. I mean, I, I did say I had no problem with the starting 11, and I didn't. Maida, though, was very workmanlike, and for me, Haksabanovich is the sort of player that you want in and around games like this, primarily because he has got that wee bit of, you know, kind of magic to <clears throat> perhaps unlock a defence like that. Overall, I think the whole, the, the first half really was a bit of a non-event, if we're being perfectly honest. It wasn't, it, you know, there was, the point is, I don't think we were ever majorly under pressure, but at the same time, I think as Celtic fans, we are, we are kind of viewing our team in terms of our attacking potency and, you know, the the, the the type of football we're playing and it just wasn't quite there today. And again, I'm not going to kind of be ashamed to admit it. That becomes more magnified. See if this game was five weeks away from a Rangers game, I would maybe be a wee bit more forgiven. And yeah. I, I, it sounds as if I'm I'm unforgiven of it, but I'm, I'm really more referring to how I felt about it. So I would probably be a wee bit more forgiven if it wasn't so close. But for me, it was just... I wish I wish I'd seen a wee bit more. It's the sort of game I wish we had put to bed a lot earlier, so that we could have just kind of concentrated on what's coming up next. But yeah, just disjointed, just aye, a wee bit well, let, let me ask you this, and I'll, I'll come to you as well, Lorenzo. Chris, why do you think that is? Like, and, and and I know it's hard to put your finger on. There's a lot of kind of things around it, but why do you think it is that we didn't particularly play well today? I mean, it's hard to. I mean. We play a lot of football, well, you know, obviously less than we did earlier in the season with the European games, but, you know, there's a, a lot of games out there, you know, with the style of football we play requires a lot from the team. So you're going to get weeks whereby we're just, it's just not quite there. There's also probably a few players in key positions who have not been as good as they've been before. And probably say Matt O'Reilly was the biggest disappointment for me because he's a guy who was definitely in, you know, at one point up until probably the turn of the year, it was there was no question. Well, there wasn't. There was no question. There was a question over whether you were going to start him um, or Aaron Moy. And since then, you know what? Where we at? Well, at the start of April, he's not really produced the the form that he produced at the start of the season. And now he's starting to creep in and come into games, and you're less. What's the word? You're you're, you're less hopeful that he's going to produce the form he did earlier in the season. And I really think that contributed quite quite significantly to how disjointed we were today. So there's a number of factors in there. I think when you take quality like Hatati out of the team, you're going to miss something. It's just we're missing a bit more in terms of where he is. And then there'll be other factors about fitness, international break and all that. And the fact that it must be very tiring being as consistent as we are. So, yeah. Kada, I'm going to cheer up in a minute. You're going, to, you're, you're, going, you're going to need to be a wee bit more positive here, mate. I will be, I will be. Don't you worry about that. It's, uh, it's fantastic stuff. Uh, I don't know what that voice was. Uh, Lorenzo, though, um, just, you know, Chris makes interesting points. What about yourself? What's your kind of, maybe, uh, you know, and again, we're, we're not being overly critical. We were just a little bit sluggish today. It was maybe not our, our, our most sparkling best. Why do you think that was? I think the standards we set, that extreme consistency as well, means, you know, the, the way we play, the high energy we play with, it's not a style that can carry uh, multiple average performers, you know, in one day. Everyone care needs to be ticking. And I think when they have been so consistently, it becomes way more evident. And when there's not a goal there as a cushion in that first half, you know, the game's not comfortable yet. Then you see Matt O'Reilly's kind of slack performance and you think he's not at it. And these guys stick out more. You know, Jota didn't have the best first half. These are players who we need at their best to play the football we play, which is why when Hatati's been so good, he looks such a cut above. And when he's out, not only are we missing them, but the team's a wee bit sluggish and it just seems like this gaping hole of qualities opened up when it's really just, the, I think, more the standards that we set that make this a wee bit more obvious. Um, but at the end of the day, as, as I said about the players who we rely on being a wee bit average, when they have a little bit of a spark in the second half, when they come through, that's when you see a difference. So... It's kind of a mixed bag of things, but it's nothing that I don't think worries me throughout the, a league season. You know, I don't think, apart from O'Reilly's form, you know, guys who have been a little bit off it for a while, um, usually you would have that depth that we have in the midfield to be like, we don't have time for that. O'Reilly can come off. He's not going to start. But with the injuries yeah. to you know, Aaron Moy not being there, Hatati not being there, he was a nailed on start. And maybe that's not quite where he's at right now. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Matt O'Reilly kind of plays around, well, yeah, I think he's a quality player. I think we, all, we can all see how good a player he can be and how, when he gets that consistency back, then, you know, how good a player he will be. But he just kind of seems to be playing around the periphery at the moment. Um, 
nice passes, um, you know, link and play at points, but it's all around the play as opposed to in the areas you really want to see him. You know, like Hitati is very direct and very in your face and makes things happen, Grab, grabs a game by scruffs of the neck. Matt Riley, is that unfair, Chris, to say that, that he just kind of, he's on the periphery because he does make nice passes, he does kind of link up play, but it's almost consistently out sort of wide and maybe in that, not in the really key areas where we can hurt, hurt teams. Yeah, it, it looks to me like he's playing it safe. And at times um, when he's came on, you know, since the turn of the year, there's also there's always also been times where I think he's maybe been trying to make things happen and it's maybe not come off. So now it seems as if he's a wee bit more, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep it safe, do what I need to do, some nice passes. But he's not the player that we've seen previously who would take that risk, who would maybe kind of try and play, thread that black pass, play something that's not, always safe it's something that's a wee bit more adventurous and again he's a young guy I have no doubts about Matt O'Reilly it's not you know as a support we can very quickly write players off and say it turns out he's shite now (laughs) no I don't think anybody's there with him I think they're looking at him and going "Hmm, what's wrong what is the reason for this it's not that you're not a quality footballer it's something else and again that could just be consistency it could be youth could be other things there's been some rumour about um you know, maybe get some personal issues. I don't, obviously, I'm not going to speculate on that. But when you look at it and you you see him, he's not anywhere near where he was and where he's going to be. Um, that's. But you're judging him on what he's delivering at the moment. You're not worrying about you know what he's going to be for us. But as it stands just now, I'll, I'll put it bluntly: if he's starting next week, I would be a wee bit wee bit concerned about that. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a, a bit of a shift, obviously, from from all of us. Um, you know, the first 50 minutes, I've put uh, all possession, probing, but no kind of guilt edge chances. Lorenzo, I think before the penalty, would one shot on target. Um, it was it was stuffy in there. I mean, they were kind of, you know, they were talking about, um, I think Andy, oh, fucking Andy Walker, by the way. Jesus <laughs> Christ. He seemed personally offended. Like, every decision that went for Celtic, he seemed like painfully hurt uh, but we can talk about that in a minute um but you know ross kenny were kind of squeezing the middle quite a bit and you know they weren't pressing us until we were getting into a certain a part of the pitch which changed quite significantly in the second half but it was just quite busy in there and it was hard to kind of carve out chances yeah i really don't think the for us watching it when you're thinking about getting frustrated you're watching it at home that camera angle like yeah. makes things yeah. seem even more like congested and there's times where you see two guys running for a ball and you think you can't really get any depth of field on it on, on how close somebody is to the box even. Um, but no, but weirdly, I'm looking at my notes for like chances that were even close to the guilt edge. They all involve Matt O'Reilly. You know, I think Matt O'Reilly's put in you know, a few good balls. That's the thing, he has that quality. It's just not, the game didn't flow enough to feel like we were ever really attacking with much intent or any real threat. But as you say, nothing came from County either. Um, there was a header that CCV should have buried. Taylor hits the post, you know, these are things that in a, a different day, it really calms that game down, you get that 1-0 before the half time, or much earlier in the half, and it just feels like the game starts to fall for you more, uh, but these were things that weren't going our way, and that is what teams below us in the league need to do, they make you need to feel like the game isn't going to go your way, um, but with quality we had, as you say, you always kind of count on us to get a goal, it's more the second half where there'll be any issues with conceding one, but the first half just felt, like Chris has said, a, a non-event, and it was all leading up to, I mean, even the halftime break in the studio talked about one thing, which is instant we'll get to and nothing else because there was yeah. really nothing to talk about. Um, do you think there's a level of, because of the run we're on and how consistently well we're playing, that the players, how, how can I put this without sounding disrespectful? Like, they're not necessarily bothered about the opposition. And what I mean by that is, like... They're so confident in their abilities that they think it's almost like we'll put the opposition to 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 one side and we'll just try and win the game, and the kind of uh, the kind of danger aspects taken away because of how good we're at, we are. Is that Chris? Am I, do you know what I mean? Like, there's almost a danger aspect being taken from the game, and we can almost play poorly and get away with it because maybe we've got that. Maybe we've got that reputation that other other teams are scared of us. I think there's a momentum in terms of our consistency and, and a belief in the side that, you know, even in games where it's a wee bit tough, 
you know, there's a groundswell, there's a momentum that's building and we are going to make that breakthrough. And I would hope and assume that the team are far calmer than me and maybe some of the other of the Celtic support, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I don't think generally speaking we play to the opposition. I think generally we play it in a certain way with a certain belief, and that's regardless. I mean, I think we've seen that in the Champions League earlier in the season, and that maybe is one of the reasons why we played the way we are. But you know, we've talked about that in other podcasts, but. Yeah, I don't think we adapt or we, we, we necessarily change our mindset in the way that we approach the game, depending on who we play. Um, and that's probably a good thing, because at the same time today, you know, as much as I'm sounding a wee bit negative, I think, generally speaking, there was enough there. We didn't play well, but there was more than enough that that game could have been 4-0, 5-0. Taylor's shot goes in, you know, Carter Vickers' header, We'll come to the chances. I won't talk about the second half just now, but you know there was real guilt-edged opportunities. Um, even while all the while I thought it was pretty laboured. You know we didn't like being harassed on on the ball, but we're still got that quality and we're still got that football in us that meant that we were really creating some some great chances. So yeah, I, I don't think what Lorenzo says is unfair. A couple of them going earlier or whatever. This might be a completely different game, but. Doesn't always work that way. Uh, yeah, I, I'm the kind of two kind of interesting uh, passages of play I picked up on. Twenty second minute, um, there's a ball passed into Iwata and he turns really well and he puts the ball to Kyogo, um, and it's just it's it's that for that instant we just kind of go really direct right through the middle. A re- nice piece of skill, a nice um, way to kind of get yourself into space. Pass it to Kyogo, and it, nothing comes of it, but it's a nice passage of play there was also in the 37th minute Jota and uh, Alistair Johnson down the right hand side they kind of interlinked some really nice interplay the ball's put across to Jota he's lots of space and he balloons it so far over the bar uh, Lorenzo it was just get- and the same thing happened with not to jump ahead Haksabanovic in the second half where he set himself up did all the hard work just get a shot on target and they both just ballooned it right over the bar yeah I think Jota having a, a kind of weird first half the way he strikes the ball sometimes, he's one of these, I don't know if it's a kind of um, modern, flashy way to, to hit a ball. Sometimes you'll see Jota connect with something and it's unbelievable. And, you know, he's got a lot of movement on the ball. But he tries to do it at times where, as you say, that ball just needs to be on target. Yeah. And he's really trying to, like, hook it into the top corner. Um, and I think what is good about something you touched on earlier, um, I don't think we do change too much for the opposition. But what it does mean is that I don't think you ever see the, play- the players getting particularly frustrated you don't see them looking like the game's not going their way or that a goal's not coming. They can get frustrated with each other for making the wrong decision or not passing the ball or whatever. You know, they all want the ball. They all think they can do something with it. But I do think when you see these stupid chances ballooned over the bar, you see sitters missed. I don't think you see the team dwell on it. and I don't think you see any heads drop, which is a big, like a big, big bonus, particularly for games like this, because that's where Celtic teams who lose in these difficult away grounds, that's where they lose track of things, is where you start to believe this hype that this is a difficult ground and it's not going to go your way and that you just can't get the ball in the net today. So I think even when we are missing sitters today, players just get on with it. You know, it's they can kind of chastise each other and I'm sure they'll be angry at themselves. You see some players are more visibly upset or frustrated with themselves than others, but it you know it goes after two seconds and it never really bleeds into the rest of the team. Yeah, I absolutely. Um that belief is why we are where we are, um, I think. Uh, we kind of just on see just yeah. on that Jota chance. It just came back to my mind. I think if Johnson had given him it a bit sooner, he might have had more space, um, and I think he might have done a bit better with it. But he kind of delayed it a little bit, and then there was still some space. But I take your point. It did look as if he was trying to, you know, instead of just getting that in target, he wanted to kind of rip that into the top corner. So yeah. Anyway, just. Just that wee point. Good point. Um, you know, towards the end of the, the kind of half, uh, as mentioned, Taylor has a shot, a really good shot up from the edge of the area that rattles off the, the post and goes out the other way. Um, he also has another shot that's some really nice interplay around the box. Uh, Taylor breaks through um, and uh, just a couple of, I think there's a save from, from the goalkeeper. Um, let's talk about the penalty um, because I'm sure it'll be picked over into the nth degree over the next four or five days. Um, Lorenzo was it a penalty does it matter yeah. does it fucking I matter like I feel like I'm losing my mind I feel like it was a Stonewall penalty um, I saw a lot of different reactions to it on you know Celtic people I follow on Twitter and you know Andy Walker saying 
one of these nonsense decisions over and over again. I get it. I don't like, you know, how handballs are quite, you know, supposed to be. Anyway, straightforward. And if it hits somebody's hand now, it seems to be a penalty, blah, blah, blah. His arm is fully outstretched. So it's not the natural arguments out of the way. Yeah. The ball travels a good 15, 20 yards before it hits his arm. He doesn't move his arm. Um, it's frustrating. I don't think he's trying to punch the ball or anything, but his arm's fully outstretched and the ball hits it. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's a much clearer handball than that. And then Andy Walker's watching it deciding it suddenly hits CCV's shoulder <laughs> instead of his arm. And it was all, I think it all got a bit too confused for me. And then half time came and you see the pundits and it seems a bit more straightforward. And then I go on Twitter and people are talking about it being the softest penalty ever and the most, and it's soft. Yeah. Cause it's, there's no competition about it. It's, Daft, and that is just the way it is. But if we're all playing to these rules, I appreciate the lacking consistency as the thing. That's the issue. That will always be the issue, particularly with VAR. But if we're all playing to the rule that if the ball hits your arm, outstretched, unnatural positioned arm, it's a penalty. Then I don't know what the I honestly God don't know what the big fuss is about. <laughs> I think you've absolutely fucking nailed it, Lorenzo. Um, Chris, your thoughts? It's exactly that, and the the, the problem with the likes of 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 Walker is. He can never, he's never clear or he, he, he kind of jumps between, you know, wanting the rules to be changed, which I'm sure some of us would agree with. You know, you, you talk about his, his arm's in an unnatural position because it should be down by his side, but he's obviously using his leverage, you know, his arms up for balance to go for the ball. But the rules say if your arm's in an unnatural position and that doesn't seem to include leverage for when you're jumping for the ball then it's, it's given. So for me, when that was when, when I seen the replay, I went, oh, aye, that is a penalty. And I still think it's a penalty. Whether or not I think that's a good rule or not, yeah, shouldn't really come into it in terms of judging on whether it's a penalty or not. That's a different discussion. But some people feel the need to have it every single time there's a, a penalty like that. And Lorenzo's right. I very rarely watch at halftime because I can't be bothered with a punditry, but I actually did watch a wee bit of it. You know, everybody was fairly clear. I mean, Boyd couldn't quite admit it. Boyd, Boyd basically had to draw oh. comparisons to another penalty for Kamarnock that they didn't get instead of just saying Kamarnock should have got the penalty. If you know, so even though he couldn't admit it, there was an understanding and acceptance that whether or not it's a stinking rule, that's supposed to be the rule. The problem that we've got is more about how it's enforced in Scotland. So, no guilt or anything like that, you know, there seems to be some Celtic fans on Twitter that seem guilty about whenever we're awarded a penalty of this nature it's a penalty, and that's it, you know if you want a conversation about whether that rule's correct or not, absolutely, have that No, every time we're analysing a penalty, so, yeah has there, ever, has there ever been an iteration of the handball rule in the history of association football where that's not a handball a guy's arm fully stretched out and the ball hitting it? I, I agree, yeah uh, yeah, uh, that's yards away. I mean, you could say it's accidental. Did, did, did you, and if, if at one point the rule was, if it's an accidental handball, there was no intent to play it, you might say that that's not a penalty, but we're doing it now. <laughs> the, the rule is the rule. And his arm's in an unnatural position, outstretched, and it hits him in the arm. That's a penalty. We got the penalty. Thank you. Yeah, well put. Uh, very succinct from both of you. Um, I agree. Um, it hits his arm. It's a penalty. I loved um, Andy Walker having that meltdown, saying this isn't what um, this isn't what VAR was brought in for. So VAR wasn't brought in to pick up in you know opportunities for penalties that weren't given in the box, like that none of us saw. That this none of us saw. Even saw that. Like you know, that's exactly why VAR was brought in. No, I mean what? Like shut the fuck up. VAR needs VAR needs to come in for stuff like that because yeah. I'll be honest with you, right? See if that, nobody noticed it. So it would have disappeared, right? And if there had been a replay of it, you'd have went like that. Oh, that hits his arm or whatever, you know. But with the rule change, you probably do need VAR to, to get involved in that. Because that's probably something previously that wouldn't have happened. But when you're policing or refereeing a game in terms of the way that the, 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 the rules are, you, that's picked up something that everybody missed. And that's exactly what VAR should do. The argument then about whether you like it or not or whether that's a penalty shouldn't come into it. VAR did its job there and it, that's why guys like Walker and that are such poor commentators. They kind of separate what they'd like and what the facts are of the game are. And that's, we get this every single time. I Whereas know. quite in other games you'll hear them say, by the letter of the law, 
but mm-hmm. you know, half of it's pantomime with him. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Um, so I'm um, just at half time. I kind of put that we were um, a little bit slow and laboured, uh, but in complete control. Like, just we were in complete control. I wasn't overly worried when we get that penalty. We go one all up. I think to myself, okay, I'm pretty confident that we're probably going to come out in the second half, and you know, hopefully there was a be a kind of bit of a blitzkrieg, but. I mean, it didn't turn out that way, but we can talk about that, obviously. You know, in the first half, uh, Ross County weren't as aggressive when we were coming out with the ball. Um, they were also, the goalkeeper was kind of launching it quite far. He wasn't playing out from the back or anything to try and get that kind of advantage. That changed in the second half. Um, Lorenzo, how do you think we started in the second half? Pretty poorly. I was disappointed because I thought the same would happen. Um, you know, I anticipated this whole first half, but I did think you get the goal as early as you can and then you start to run over them. And you would think a second half, you know, a 50-minute break half time would give you that kind of run-up to coming out and going, right, we're one that ahead. They're going to come out a little bit and we're going to pace them. Uh, but I thought we started just a little bit dodgy. I thought County just got way too much encouragement when they started to eke out from the back and start to feel like they were going to get into the game. We were giving them too many opportunities to cross the ball in. We were giving them too many kind of chances to push it wide and take our players on one-on-one. Uh it just felt like the opposite of what we, what I wanted us to do, which is come out and put the foot in the neck and say, well, this is the game done now for you. You know, sit back and enjoy your uh, damage control. But it felt like we'd made that kind of football game again, which was a bit disappointing. Yeah, Chris, um, County were kind of pressing us quite high for the first maybe five or, I think it was about, about five, eight to eight minutes. We found it quite hard to get out of our own kind of half. Yeah, from, from the start of the second half, there was a... There was probably a 15-minute spell where I was a wee bit concerned and within that 15-minute spell, there was a good five, six, seven minutes where we were fairly penned in. Yeah. And that was the most difficult part of, the, the most disappointing part of the game for me. Yeah, again, come back to being negative, but in, I suppose if you're talking about if it was setting off my shite baggery meter, then that's probably the period of time where it was at, at its highest. And again, I don't think... You know, they were, they were kind of pressing and um, Starfelt was, you know, a wee bit sloppy in possession. Obviously, we're, we can then link that back into how we bring the ball out from the back and the, the quality of football that we've got there to do that. That was apparent, especially um, there was some slack moments from Starfelt and, and even Hart, you know, we were sticking rigidly to what we're supposed to do. But that then becomes a weakness because we became a wee bit more uncomfortable because of the way um, Ross County were pressing us. But I suppose you just have to expect that because we aren't going to change. That's We've been consistent in that and, you know, that we can open that conversation up at another time in terms of, you know, who we would like or what we would like back for that. But yeah, it was it was a wee bit, it was a wee bit disappointing. Again, I, I wasn't hugely alarmed because I don't think Ross County were creating guilt-edged chances or anything like that. I just think that we were having to recycle the ball with, you know, limited imagination or ability to kind of break through the press at that point. But yeah, aye, I was a wee bit, I was a wee bit kind of shaken by that, but that's more to do with me than I think looking back on it in hindsight. I think it was more just to do with the fact that we're going to keep doing what we're doing and the unsettled is for that period of time. Um, I want to talk about a bit about Awata. Um, I thought in the first half he was very, very good in regards to his ball retention, in regards to his uh, passing, uh, his movement was really good. Um, and then it was just this period, and it, it literally was only about 10 minutes. I think he gave the ball away about three times under no real pressure, a couple of bad passes, um, right in the centre of the park. Um, he eventually, I mean, he, he, he clawed that back, you know, and, and you know, I think he finished the game really strongly. So I think it was only kind of a, a period of about 10 minutes and from maybe the first, uh, the second half kicking off. Um, but it was quite frustrating because, you know, Lorenzo, it was a period where we were having these slap passes and we were really inviting people on. How did you make of Awata um, overall? What's your thoughts? Uh, I really like Awata overall. I do just think there's a, there has to be a plan ahead for him about where he fits into that midfield. I think you saw McGregor had to drop back into that role to kind of cope with what was going on and to give him a bit of breathing space. Yeah. It's kind of a baptism of fire. It sounds stupid to say, you know, playing against a team near the foot of the table uh, away from home and a game you're one nil up in, but it's it's just a different thing he's not faced yet in Scottish football and and he had to had to deal with it today. And I think when you're so used to somebody like the most ever present player in your team being the guy whose role you're trying to take up, it's not something you'll get a lot of real world, real time game experience doing. 
So I think it will be beneficial for him today, and he'll know to move the ball better. And again, it maybe speaks to the the team being a little bit off in general. And I think when you are under pressure and we need to break a press, you need your Hatates there. You need Aaron Moy there recently. And today we had an underperforming O'Reilly and then Iwata and McGregor kind of swapping roles quite a lot. And that just leads to more disjointed press breaking, you know, which is what this team's so good at when we are trying to put a team to bed. Uh, so I think a lot of things kind of were not on his side today, but as you say, I think he found his footing again and, when he's when he was good today, I think his passing was super accurate. That was the thing that kind of showed you whether he was on it or not. He can spread the ball a bit really well. He picks up really good positions. Uh, for me, it's just finding a a specific role in this team, a place in this team. Yeah, yeah, great points, Chris. You want to come in? Yeah, I I really liked Tawata today. I thought he was, you know, bar the small period that you're talking about, I thought he was available for the ball, made good use of it, um, and he looked every inch a player who will can and will feature in um, in the midfield for Celtic going forward. Um, I think it's dead easy to forget as well. I think that was his first start. I think he's came off the bench for us. Um, he's only made a handful of appearances, but the quality is quite clearly there. Um, and he was, there was that small period of slackness. And I, I think, you know, that maybe contributed at that period of time because I think O'Reilly was guilty of it too. Um, but again, it's much the same as, as you, you you talk about with O'Reilly in terms of you know what he's capable of and where he's going to be. We've seen enough of Awata, not only um, in that game today, but in other games to know that I think that was a spell where, you know, we were a wee bit, wee bit shaken or rattled by, um, in terms of, you know, the way that we handled our possession. But very, very quickly, we kind of levelled that out and sorted it going forward and uh, for me, not to give anything away, but he was in the mix for us today in terms of best performer. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought too, so too. And as as Lorenzo says, I think you know that small period. I think you'll kind of learn from that, and we'll, you'll understand the kind of expectations and stuff. Um, and I thought he really picked up towards the end. I also think it's you know being in a midfield with uh, you know maybe an underperforming Matt O'Reilly and you know McGregor being shifted a little bit. It's kind of not fair on him to kind of fully judge him on this game but I thought he stood up and he was uh, yeah he was really, really re- when he was good today I thought he was really good um, but there was sloppy passing kind of th- throughout the team as well you should highlight that you know like even right back from your full backs to, to your, your centre halves right up you know even to Jota and hold, some of the hold up play was a bit poor today you know the kind of drop offs around the corner sort of thing um, but we have an opportunity on the 61st minute where we kind of break. Um, we'll talk about Greg Taylor kind of pulling up a little bit because he pulled up just before that. Um, but it, Taylor takes a throw in and the ball breaks to Maeda and he, very similar to Kieran Tierney against Spain where he just rides the defender, um, rides the kind of uh, challenge and breaks in. Uh, he puts a great ball into the box. Keogh goes right at the penalty spot, basically. Jota is to his right-hand side. He sets himself up really well. And my God, how the fuck does he miss it? Chris Armani, how... You know, I mean, we're not going to kind of, you know, slaughter him too badly, but it was a... If that goal goes in in the 64th minute, everyone has a sigh of relief. Uh, but it was a crap miss. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... He tries to place it, and if he places it, then you don't worry about it but I'm just thinking you stop that and you just smash it past the goalkeeper and there was I think there was a defender in the line. Um they they should really be irrelevant in terms of, of, of where you're you're going to do that. He just it's one of those old cliches he probably had too much time. time. And you know, we aren't going to labour on it. We would have laboured on it. I certainly would have laboured <laughs> on it if it had finished one each or anything like that. It was a stinking miss. Um but you know, it hasn't cost us, and I suppose that's the main thing. I'm really glad he made that, you know, he had that miss today, um, and he hasn't had that in another game, because it was. there's nothing else you can say than he should have scored that, he should have, you know, taken it far more quickly. He's just kind of tried to place it, and it's not worked out. Let off, wee man. We'll move on. I think, um, you know, Lorenzo, as we say, like, the setup and all that was great. It's still, you saw the angle from behind the goal, and it how he strikes it, he, he kind of opens his body up and he he looks like he wants to kind of just slot it in, but it almost comes off the top of his foot as if he's trying to, I don't know, it just just a bit of a mix-up. Yeah, he just blew it. You know, I think the 
the thing to note from that kind of replay that goal was just it would have been a great goal. I think Maida does so well uh, when the ball breaks to him and he again, Maida's guilty of when maybe he's a bit more out of form, he's guilty of poor decision making in that kind of area. You know, sometimes he'll just fucking blast that ball across the box to nobody or, or loop it somewhere, but he takes his time. He picks out our most lethal striker who again, yeah, does the cliche, takes too much time and I, I don't know why. I think when you have when you've got the goal at your mercy and you're doing anything that involves leaning your body or thinking about anything, uh, it just confuses me. But I think he Kyogo is liable to miss sitters. You know, I think some of our best strikers, our best goal scorers, have done that. Scott Sinclair used to miss a sitter every time he, you know, like two or three times a game and then score twenty a season at his best. Uh, so Kyogo is allowed these sitters. It makes him human. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and obviously with the result, it doesn't, doesn't really matter overall. But um, no, it's good that he got it out of the system um, this week, better than next week. Uh, Greg Taylor, Greg Taylor went down, and you could see from his facial expressions that he was in quite a bit of pain. He looked worried. Um, we take him off for for, for Bernabe, and we'll, we'll talk about Bernabe's performance because he obviously has a, a key role at the end of the game. But that's a worry. Chris Armani, that's that's probably the biggest disappointment from today overall. Um, not even the performance, just the fact that Greg Taylor had to go off and he, it's you know you can't tell from it, but he looked like he was in a bit of pain. Yeah, that's feeding into my overall thoughts on the game. You wanted to come up here, get it done early, so that you could kind of just ease through games, no injuries, and then kind of move into next week. That's a huge blow. You can't really not link that to Burnaby, even though we're going to talk about him a bit later. The reason it's a huge blow is because of the difference in levels between them and their their ability not only to fit in the system, but generally just to be where they should be on the park. I'm, yeah, I'm a bit worried about that, to be perfectly honest. You know, Taylor, oh, he had a great shot in the first half, you know, he just gives you that consistency and that level of, of performance that you need, that you don't often need to think about Greg Taylor. You know, at times he'll come up and you there'll be pieces of quality from him, but when you've got that base level and that consistency from him, he's just there and you know that things are going to be enough, safe, good, you know. You don't have that when he's back up, and that's the biggest thing about it for me because injuries happen, but when injuries happen in certain parts of the park, you, you're able to kind of bring in some other players that are able to keep the standards up. Less so there. Um, so fingers crossed. Um, Lorenzo, your kind of thoughts on Greg Taylor and maybe not being available next week? Yeah, it'd be huge. It'd be you know as big as most positions or any position in that park for us to miss Greg Taylor. Um, he's that important. Uh, I'm taking the optimistic route that it's just a big you know a clash in these is sore, you know, and that is something you don't you don't walk off in the space of ten fifteen minutes. So I'm I love it was more impact than anything. Um, I know you said you could tell from the expression on his face, which is the exact same no matter what's happening to Greg Taylor, a contained <laughs> expression on his face. So I'm not taking too much from that. But yeah, I feel the same way. I, you know, I, I don't dislike Bernabe, but he, he is just nowhere near Greg Taylor right now, particularly for what we need in, in these huge games. So uh, it's I, the main takeaway from today, because I do see the game in such a vacuum. It's just, is Taylor okay? If he is, I don't care about anything else happening today. Yeah, um, so after that we have a Bernabe coming on. Um, mm. Mixed bag, Chris, in regards to, you know, here's a, what do you call it, here's a bit of a spoiler, but he scores he scores the, the, the second goal, but what did you make of Bernabe's performance overall, even comparable to Taylor's? See, before he scored, there was folk saying, leave him in Dingwall. I've given up on the guy. <laughs> it's it's and and I've said that before about him as well because what generally you get with Burnaby is a guy who seems to have a real issue with positioning. He's also quite lackadaisical in possession. He the highlights that you've seen from him are you know instinctive breaking attacking play. Other games, you know, you know where he's played. <sighs> He ends up kind of playing himself into the game, you know. After a period of time, you kind of realise it's normally in the second half. Or, you know, Burnaby's settled, you know, he's starting to be a wee bit more comfortable in the ball and he's playing it. But what is consistent about it is positioning-wise. I think if I'm going to focus on one thing, he doesn't ever seem to know where he's supposed to be on the park 
and that's for me something that you can't do in this team or in this system. You don't really have the place for a maverick, especially in a key position like that. So today was another, notwithstanding his goal, was just another kind of example of a guy who's miles away from he need, where he needs to be in order to kind of play for Celtic going forward. Um, the goal was, I mean, we'll maybe talk about it later on, you know, closer when we're working our way through the second half. The goal was great, but other than that, it did nothing to allay my fears if he's going to be playing for us next week. Lorenzo, Burnaby? Yeah, where you want Burnaby is on the end of a 1-2, you know, where he's got a, another fullback one-on-one um, or chasing something down or chasing somebody. But like you say, the, the positioning being the issue is so big for this team and maybe he just doesn't have the intelligence and the composure to play fullback for Angie's Celtic team. I think he's he's the kind of guy who could go somewhere in a, a kind of all-action fullback role and a slightly poorer quality in terms of who he's playing with or who he's playing against like the championship of England he'd probably be a fucking 20 million pound fullback down there like all the Norwich guys seem to be uh, but up here I don't think he's got the intelligence down quite yet or the, or the game down quite yet and he's had a stop start career as it is and then Greg Taylor having the greatest form of his life this season he comes in it's probably not ideal for him Yeah, uh, but it, it, it is kind of strange when you consider the how good the scouting and the recruitment's been for Bernabe's lacking skills to be the most crucial for our fullbacks is a little confusing. Uh, but, you know, let's let's assume it's a non-issue next week and we have Greg Taylor. Um, yeah, I mean, t- t- basically raw. He's very still very raw. You know, he, he's got a lot of really good attributes, uh, specifically going forward. But again, there was a time in the second half where he was in the middle of the pitch, where he should be as uh, when he is a kind of inverted fullback, and he just gives the ball away. Yeah, and it kind of there's there's a break on, and he yeah, Chris, you want to come in? Sorry, on that exact point, I remember he just looked so nonchalant, and looking nonchalant, but your play not being nonchalant in terms of your carefulness is is great. <laughs> but he was nonchalant, and it was almost as if he didn't realise where he was and and who was near him. So that's a concern. Um, I suppose you know talking about next week, then let's. Let's assume, well, not let's assume, let's kind of say the worst and, and Taylor isn't. It'll be really, really telling what the manager does because I'm not sure he just brings him straight in. Yeah. Now, if he does, you know, and we have a performance like we did in the 4 0 game and, and some other games that we've had them at Celtic Park, there's every chance you're talking about Pernaby's attacking play and, 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 and contributing to that. But there's an equal, or if not more, chance that you're talking about the poor aspects of his game. And I'm not a hundred percent convinced that the manager starts him at left back. Um, I'm not either. So, you know, the run up to this week is going to be about that game. But for me, it's now going to be about two players: Rio Hitati and Greg Taylor. And are they going to make it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know what? We'll cover that. Great points, Chris, and we'll cover that this week as we kind of get our, our build up towards the game. Um, there, we made some sub. I, I put in here from the 65th minute to about the 70th minute. Um, Celtic kind of kind of snap into action a little bit we've got some a lot of um, opportunities we, we, we kind of have a lot of corners um, and we just kind of we, we just start clicking a little bit more in the final third then the 74th minute uh, David Taylor hacks a bit David Taylor uh, David uh, Turnbull hacks a Banovich and O come on for Matt O'Reilly Maida and Kyogo Lorenzo were you happy with those substitutions at the time was it the right call for you yeah, fine. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's the three subs he's, he's going to make anyway. It feels like um, usually because of the depth we've got, you can talk about them being guys who can change a game, which is still, you know, the positive about having the, the kind of guaranteed subs. Um, I thought they were necessary today, but I thought, oh, looked great again. Yeah. I just think when you talk about um, like a one-two punch of Kyogo and somebody, you know, it was Jack and Marcus and it's, there's the... The very different kind of player really upset the game or does it change the game? I think O plays enough to our style while still being a completely different proposition for a defence that he's so dangerous. Uh, you know, when he when he turned that boy with his back to him just so easily. And I think the whole game, Yakovetti and Randall in particular, the amount of fouls off the ball they were committing on Kyogo, that they were putting their hands around people, they were having little niggles. The minute they tried to do that with O, the game completely changed. They were now kind of pinned back a little bit more. O is keeping them so busy. Um, he, 
I think he backed into somebody from like a throw-in and took him about 10 yards as well. He just looks like a, a real animal, athleticism-wise. And we've seen, even in the week, in the international break, that goal he had that was disallowed. He does have genuine ability. You know, he's not just some big uh, guy that could come in and take a few bodies. And you saw today when he was on the ball. Sometimes, you know, he's still young and he's still so fresh and eager with this team that he maybe takes the extra touch where he shouldn't. And he's done that a few times in recent games. But I'm really excited about him. And I think next season you'll see, you know, a, a kind of much more measured, comfortable Oh, But I think you could put him into a Rangers game and he would cause absolute havoc. And I'm I'm really expecting that uh, next week. And I'm excited for it. I think about, if you'd said to me about a month and a half ago, um, or, you know, when, when O signed, sorry, um, wasn't a month and a half ago, but like when he first came in and his first kind of performances, I was a little bit, oh, you know, looks a bit raw. See, today, man, he just looked like an animal, like a focused, aggressive, physical, but with good touch animal. Chris, excited about O? Yeah, I mean, the, today's the first time that I seen O, now I know he scored the, the header the other week, really, really good, and I've we've seen flashes of it. Today's the first time where I said, yeah, you've got something different here. And um, we saw what he's perhaps going to be able to bring to this team, all the while being a, a good technical footballer as well. You know, he's not just a big man up top, though. You know, he's turned on, um, was it Smith? I mean, I know he's he's a young boy, do you know what I mean? He got tight to him and he'd he done really well, but it wasn't just that. It was, you know, Lorenzo's talking about, you know, with the throw-in, but he's holding the defender off and kind of, gaining yardage, kind of um, hurrying them along as well. It just, for me, is it's something different and it's something fresh and it's something that when he plays against sides like, not just today, but even, let's say, for example, Rangers, he's going to give centre-halves a tough time. And again, I know that sounds cliched and things like that, but he's the sort of guy who, when you try and do what you usually do against other types of striker, you know, like Kyogre that we've got, you'll not be able to do it. And that's going to give them something to think about. You know, and you don't want to kind of reduce him, and you're not going to reduce him to just that, as I said, that big guy up top, you know, can lay off and stuff like that. There seems more to it. We hadn't seen a lot of it, and that's because he's he's not been starting. But when he came on today, I definitely did think, yeah, you know, we might have something here pretty special, I don't think we'll see the best of him this season, but next season I think you might see, you know, I'm, I'm really develop as a footballer. So that was that was one of the real pleasing aspects of it today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, him and Haksabanovic uh, kind of hooked up a couple of times. Seventy fifth minute, Haksabanovic puts the ball out to Bernabe. Bernabe delivers to um, O and O his kind of two shots. He was just so eager to get in the box and have digs, and not in a sort of I just want to shoot have digs in the right positions and stuff just quite direct just there was a lot a really lot a lot of stuff from O today that I was kind of putting about um but then the game kind of just it doesn't fizzle out but it kind of goes from end to end and you know but then Ross County aren't necessarily you know Joe Hart had one save in the whole game um in the second half but you know Jota hits the bar in the 90th minute which I mean there are times when Jota maybe isn't as influential in a game as, as you'd hope, but then all of a sudden he pulls something out of nothing. And that's what that's what this was. He just kind of he he kind of looks at the defender in front of him and you can see him physically bending the ball over, like hitting the ball like a golf shot, and he just picks up like you were saying, Lorenzo, with that, that first shot in the first half. But um then you know, let's kind of look at it. Celtic score the second goal, and uh, on the ninety fourth minute, after the referee, uh, after the third official was put up, eight minutes of injury time. Which was mm-hmm. no idea where that was coming from. But Lorenzo, the second goal, we see it. What's your thoughts on it? Injury time. How did we finish out? Uh, yeah, I thought the the chances started to come a wee bit more, and, and like I mean, there's a there's a chance for Ross County where I think if Sims leaves it for Murray, it's one each. You know, yeah. and that's why you take your chances. Um, Haksabanovich came on and, and I think got involved a lot, but it felt like his studs were too long. Felt like every time he beat somebody, he got his feet caught in the ground and he was slipping and sliding a wee bit, which was frustrating for him because he was he was beating people. Um, so, you know, it's good to see him on, but something just wasn't quite clicking for him today. And then for the goal, um, you know, there's great work from Jota with a completely unnecessary no-look pass, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> uh, Haksabanovich, again, with a really smart dummy and Iwata, maybe that, 
he clearly has the intelligence of after he picked up a good position and he clearly shouts for it, but then maybe doesn't expect it even though he shouted for it. So he, he's somebody that could have come onto that ball, rolls all the way to Burnaby and that is not a friendly angle to drive that in the near post. You know, no. when you see it from behind the goal, the fact he's ended up putting that in the near post top corner is obscene. It's a really, really good dig. Uh, full credit to him. But yeah, the best bit of that goal is, is Jota no looking for absolutely no reason. And again, a game where things haven't quite come off for him. Maybe he got some confidence back from that uh, shot where he hit the bar because the intent and the dip on that was so outrageous and the way it just falls towards the end. So maybe he was feeling himself a wee bit, which is good to see. Yeah, Chris, the finish from Bernabeu. Um, delicious. Yeah, but let's talk about the no-look pass again, actually, because uh, I, I thought that as well, because my uh, my youngest boy came in and said, oh, that was a no-look pass, and I'd taken the exact same from from Lorenzo. Yeah, but why? Because he was, <laughs> he was looking out the park, as if, as if he was going to blotter it in, the, the, you know, the stands, the time waste. But yeah, he liked that, and um, obviously the ball broke into the, um, I think it went past, who was it at the edge of the box? Awata. Iwata missed and then it, it came to Bernabe and suddenly from leaving them behind in Dingwall I'm saying alright wee man you can get uh, you can get a lift back but what a strike I mean and it, at that point there was still halfway through injury time or something like that that just kind of calmed it and you're thinking yes we can move on but to put it into that space from where he was in terms of digging it really was a sensational strike and you know hopefully that's going to give him some confidence. That's going to kind of put a spring in his step because he's a guy who's not played a huge amount of football for us. We've got concerns about him, but that's a real piece of quality. That's what you, that that's something that you're going to take from that and hope that he takes from it and drives on um, because it, 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 it really just settled us down. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's the start of his Celtic career now going forward. Absolutely. Um, you know, eight minutes of injury time, um, half of those are um, kind of a little bit more relaxed because we get the second halfway through it. But, you know, the game finishes 2-0. Um, let's kind of look at man of the match and two-point takeaways. Lorenzo, your man of the match, any takeaways? Man of the match, a tough one. I don't think it was amazing. Um, I am tempted by Iwata as well. Uh, but just because he's not got much shine today, I'll go for AJ. I thought that he was really good the whole game. I think he didn't kind of put a foot wrong. I think on a different day, he gets a lot more reward for those crosses. Um, and the nature of the way our fullbacks play mean that if he's inverted a lot of the game, you don't. I think that is the best part of his game is his delivery and his, his breaking down the wing, but you don't see it as much. And I think with a better performance from a better positioning from our forwards today, they get some reward off that. There's a few balls that just bounce at the wrong time. You know, there's one that's whipped right across the face and it bounces up on Maida at the, the worst possible moment, and he can't really get his foot up to it. Uh, so he might have had a few assists today. Um, I thought CCV as well just dealt with everything so comfortably, and that's just what you expect from him. But I'll, I'll go with AJ. Good, good. Um, any takeaways for yourself, Lorenzo? Uh, just that just that you need Hatati. I mean, I just, I, it's weird to see the Celtic team clicking the way it's supposed to without Hatati. And I remember we were doing a review of last season, kind of might be in the tears episode, and it was like, Hatate view O'Reilly, and it was so close. I think I might even have said, like, O'Reilly's my guy. Um, but now, just given another, you know, year, Hatate's just made his role so beyond crucial. He's up so far, another level beyond the end in this league, in the midfield. Uh, he's missed him, so obviously, and if we are going to have to look ahead now, yeah, it's about Taylor and Hatate. It's my takeaway. That's all I care about. Uh, Chris Armani, your man of the match and any takeaways you have I think Lorenzo nailed it with the three choices um, CCV was CCV today um, I'm going to give it to Iwata though because um, it's his first start and barring a small spell I thought he made good use of the ball um, so yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give that to him in terms of the takeaway as well um, again Lorenzo has stolen what you would say. Um, that is what it is about looking about going forward from um, from that. I suppose the main takeaway is that maybe guys like me should calm down a little bit because as much as that wasn't us at our sparkling's best, I think we did enough, um, more than enough, and we were well worth the 2-0 win. Um, but yeah, aye. takeaway is aye, we were good enough. <laughs> 
you are good enough. Uh, great stuff. Um, I, this wasn't a sparkling performance by any means, but the points are on the board. Um, we've had some, uh, you know, interesting performances, some good performances, and uh, look, this this is the build up. This is the start to the game on Saturday, which could really define our season. So. Positive, uh, looking forward, and uh, we'll we'll pick up with the coverage tomorrow on the agenda, and we'll we'll move from then. But um, Chris Amani, this has been a joy as always. Terrific, thank you. Roll on next week. Lorenzo Pacitti, pleasure. Pleasure. My takeaway, actually, I've just thought of one, oh, is that we are we are too good now. We're too consistent. We're too good for the champions' performance pish when we slog over the line one 0 two 0 We're too far beyond that. That's what I'm realising from these games. It's not acceptable for us. Maybe acceptable for some other teams, but it's not for us. Agreed wholeheartedly. And just a little bit of breaking news, a little bit of joy. Uh, Brendan Rodgers has been sacked, or mutual <gasps> agreement. Has he? Yes. So uh, he's, he's been mutually uh, consented. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck in your future endeavours. From Chris Armani, from Lorenzo Pacitti, from myself, Chris Gallagher. This has been the reaction, and we'll speak to you down the road. <laughs>